generation after generation, we are presented with all kinds of portraits as to what a wife looks like. I mean, think about it as you think about uh, many generations back to this present generation. We see these portraits from women, women who are in political positions, uh, women of medicine, women who are uh, leaders in music industry, women in sitcoms, and even women in your own families. Generation after generation, and, and to one degree or another, and whether we agree or we disagree with those portraits, what we find is, is that we, as people, are influenced, again, to one degree or another, by these portraits. We draw some, some understanding and, and connection and a sense of agreement or disagreement based on what we see through many different avenues when it comes to what it might look like to be a wife. Well, this morning, what I want to do and what really God wants to do is to show us a different portrait. We're going to continue our series called Alien Life. This series in which we're looking at the realities that we as Christians are aliens and strangers living in this world. And as we live in this world, we don't always look like the people around us. And as we go through this series this morning, we're going to be looking at Scripture. And what happens is, is that Scripture paints a different image of the wife. Actually, what we're seeing this morning is we're going to see a picture of the alien wife. She's a Christian wife that's walking through this world. And as she walks through this world, her attitudes and her behaviors are so different that those people around her, what Bill was telling us last week, those people around her might very easily look at her and go, hey, you're not from around here, are you? You see, they recognize this distinct difference between her portrait of a wife and their portrait of a wife in this world. So, this morning, I encourage you to open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to continue our study here, and as we listen to what's being said, we're we're going to see the Spirit through Peter paint this portrait of a wife. Beginning in verse 1 of 1 Peter chapter 3. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe in the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and the reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way that the holy women of the past 
who put their faith in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands. Like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. And treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. It's in those words of the Spirit, as the Spirit speaks through Peter in this letter, that he begins to create, like I said, this new and different portrait of the wife. And as you look, there is within those words what I find is a key attribute of alien wives. There is something there that makes them distinctly different than those of the world. And the key attribute that I see is, is the attribute of a superterrestrial heart. You're going, what is that? And I know that sounds a little weird, but when I say a superterrestrial heart, what I'm talking about is an alien heart. I'm talking about a woman or a wife's heart that has been shaped by a a, a power, an influence that is far beyond an earthly context. It's far beyond any terrestrial plane that we might find in our universe. You see, her heart, her heart for life, her heart for marriage has been shaped by God Himself, And that's part of what makes her so distinctly different. And as a result, as a result of that shaping, um, she will in her life and in her marriage reflect both God and his purposes for life. She's living out her life, and as she walks through this world, what others see in her is really not so much about her, but it's about what God has created within her. It's about a spirit and an attitude and attributes that God himself has brought to life within her life. And and specifically to this text, when it comes to the spirit of her life, it is a spirit of submission. And, and I know that oftentimes when we hear that word submission, there, there are many different types of definitions or contexts or, or, or concepts about this idea of submission. But what I want to do this morning is, is I, I want you to sort of put those aside and I just want you to listen to the Spirit, to Scripture, and how, how He describes submission. Well, before we do that, the first thing that might come to our mind or the first question that might come is, well, why is He talking about submission of wives? Well, Since chapter 2, if you look across a page in your Bible, since chapter 2 and verse 13, all the way through to chapter 3 and verse 7, that whole section of this letter is all about submission. 
the theme that Peter has been projecting and moving toward and communicating in this lesson is this spirit of submission within the Christian life. He's been writing to Christians who have been scattered and, and are living throughout different portions of, of the Roman Empire. And he's writing to them and he's exhorting them to live their lives in the spirit of godly submission. He, he's been exhorting them not to fall victim and not to adopt the worldly mindsets about this life. Not to be those who are combative, not to be those who are rebellious, not to be those who are self-serving when it comes to their connection and relationship with government, with authorities, with unfair treatment, interpersonal relationships, and now when it comes to marriage. So you see, first of all, submission is not something new here with wives. It's been the, the spirit and the theme of what Peter has been saying about every alien man and woman who walks with Christ. Submission is the spirit. But there is in this letter the indication that there quite probably are some uh, wives out there that he's writing to that are struggling in this area. Those who have actually adopted some of the worldly mindsets uh, about uh, marriage that aren't supportive and congruent with this spirit of submission that Peter has been talking about that God is trying to communicate through him. As I speak this morning, I must admit my uncomfortability. While I do wholeheartedly believe in these scriptures, I have to admit that, that I still wrestle. I still wrestle with the historic and even current inequities that women are experiencing in life and even in marriage. I wrestle because it, it, in my mind I, I, I realize the, the violence is there. And for too many, there, there's emotional abuse. And for too many, there's devaluation and marginalization of their value. And as I think about that and I talk about submissiveness, I, I have to say those two things coming together make me uncomfortable. And, and they're things that I wrestle with. But before I, I, I sort of unwrap this in the text, I think there are three vantage points that we can take that first and foremost help us sort of set the stage for what Scripture's going to take, tell us. And, and they can help prepare our minds for this discussion about submission. The first vantage point that is important for us this morning is to see that what Peter is saying 
through the Spirit here does not have its origin. This whole concept of spirit uh, of submission to wives doesn't have its origin in the ego of men. It's not a man, it's not a masculine in, uh, uh, mindset that's writing these words. But these words about the submissive spirit actually come out of the superterrestrial heart of God that loves and admires women greatly as much as men. So as you hear that, first of all, know this is about God. And how he thinks and how he feels about those women that he has created and how he loves them. But secondly, there's, another, there's this other vantage point here. And that as these words are spoken, there is a backdrop. There is a backdrop of understanding. There is an expectation that as he speaks these words to wives, that men also realize there is this incredible expectation that they as husbands are going to live in an alien manner toward their wives. There is this expectation as he asks the wives to be submissive that these husbands understand that he's calling them, as we look and see that in Ephesians chapter 5, that he's calling them to love them and not to love them in earthly terms, but to love them in Christ-like terms. To love them with the love that is willing to sacrifice their all and their very being and their very life in order to show them how special and important they are to them. And so this, this, this concept of, of submission has to also be kept in this vantage point that men are those who too are being called to live in marriage in an alien way. To be like Christ who demonstrated his love toward his pride. The church. To the point of sacrificing his very life. Even in a way that Gene talked about this morning. But there's this last vantage point as we hear these words. Is that they, they, they are re- words that reveal that as alien Men and as alien women, we will, now listen, we will find ourselves at times in situations in this life not of our liking. And yet when we do, the calling in Christ is to still endure and go through those situations with the spirit of submission. And, and it's a spirit of submission, and, and Bill talked about that last week, and here's what we have to remember this week. It's a submission for the purpose of honoring God. This submission we're talking about is always about honoring God. In, in chapter 2, in verse 13, he, he's reminding us, go back and, and look there and see that anything he's saying about submission is, first of all, for the sake of the Lord, in verse 13. And then in verse 13, uh, 15, it says we're, we're showing submission in reverence to God. And then in verses 19 through 20, it's showing that we are doing the submission in order to find favor with God. Submission 
that I'm talking about this morning, that Bill talked about last week, is all about honoring God. It's not about pleasing men and their concepts of how to live life. So, with that backdrop, those vantage points, let's open up and look in the text this morning. And I want you to see what the superterrestrial heart of an alien wife looks like. First of all, when you hear these words, Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe in the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and the reverence of your lives. You see, as he's saying this, word, this, what we're seeing, first of all here, is the power of these hearts. These superterrestrial hearts of alien wives have this incredible power about them. If a Christian wife, he says, and, and we're looking at, if, if a Christian wife finds herself in a marriage, finds herself in a situation, And when she is involved with a husband who is not obedient to the gospel, who is not someone who is walking by faith with God, what he's saying here is, wives, I want you to see the power in your life. You have the power through your alien hearts, through the display of your reverence and your purity before God, you have you have a powerful God-formed catalyst through which his worldly heart can be humbled and saved by God. That's important. That's powerful. And maybe you can think this, this, this morning about some woman, some wife, either in your family or that you've known of, and you've heard stories about her purity and how her reverence before God was something that touched her husband. And that in time, he, 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 he came to know the Lord and he became a man that was living in obedience to the gospel and living obedience to God. Maybe you've heard those stories. Maybe you could tell me one of those stories. But I have to tell you this morning that I'm one of those stories. I'm a man who was living in disobedience to the word. But I had a wife, Diana, who through her purity and reverence brought restoration into my life. It's not about a lot of antagonism, a lot of words putting pressure on husbands. It's the power of a heart that's displaying the purity and the reverence of God that can melt a man's heart in honor of God. 
It's a, it's a powerful, a powerful heart. You see, it's, it's a power that needs no words. It just needs to be displayed. But there's a beautiful heart here too. We appreciate and, and uh, enjoy the fact that our wives go to all of the extra things that they do in order to uh, beautify themselves however they think. Peter is talking about, and we see these things, and uh, the same was back then, the same true, that maybe it's the way they do their hair, or maybe it's, it, it's the jewelry they wear, or, or maybe it's... Uh, it's uh, um, part of how they uh, present themselves. Maybe there's something that they do that uh, is shown up in their dresses and how they clothe themselves. But the point here is that all those things are external. And what Peter is telling us about these superterrestrial hearts of alien wives is that they have a beauty that is far, far superior to and unfading in marriage. Yeah, you may see beautiful wives out there, but you're not going to see wives that are more beautiful than alien wives because they have this, this nature, this quality, this spirit about them is so much more beautiful. And the beauty that he's talking about is this gentle and quiet spirit. And, and some other writings will say and, and interpretations will, will take that gentle and quiet spirit and speak about godly meekness and about how they have this inner calm and confidence within them. But it's as they display that gentle and quiet spirit, their beauty really comes to life. And the thing that's so amazing here and so important for us is that while it is beautiful to us as men, more importantly, it's a beauty that is appreciated by God himself. It's what Scripture in the New American Standard says, it's a beauty that God finds to be precious or worth great value. And I think it's important for us to understand that, that type of beauty and the importance of it when it comes to this idea of submission. Because it protects our wives. It protects our women's from two inappropriate extremes. To, to stay centered in what he's saying here and what God is saying is important because if you don't, you can find yourselves out here on two different extremes. One extreme is, is that you might begin to view submission as a wife as being some type of doormat in marriage or some type of mindless robot in marriage which is one extreme. 
But if you're not centered in this, then you can even go over to this other extreme. Maybe it's not that one, but it's this other extreme that just completely rejects this notion of submission altogether. And becomes someone in marriage who, who has a very caustic, uh, uh, selfish, uh, self-asserting and demanding spirit instead. And neither one of those spirits are what God wants for you as women and for wives. What God is calling you to is simply to this gentle and quiet spirit that is produced through God's shaping and by His hands. And that type of spirit is the one that He finds not only beautiful, but He finds, again, as having great, great value to Him. I like some of the, the, the next step in, that he takes here in verse 5. As he talks about the beauty in marriage, he, he goes another step here and he says, I want you to understand that when you show this, this beauty of a gentle and reverent spirit, you're joining this incredible sisterhood that's been out there for a long, long time. You're joining in a sisterhood that is connected to some of the most significant and world-changing women in all of history, like Sarah. When you live in this spirit of, of, of purity or of gentleness and quietness, you join this sisterhood of, of women like Sarah who understood what it meant to be submissive in their relationships with their husbands. And as you do, it's a sisterhood of those whose hope are centered confidently in God and who aren't afraid when it comes to honoring God in their marriages as God has asked them to do. That's a beautiful, superterrestrial heart. And lastly this morning, there is this honorable heart that's here as well. The scripture says this, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. And treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. In a time in which, or a time when women, as we look out there, in which women are holding positions of great power and authority. And in a time when women are displaying all kinds of fearlessness in this world and strength and bravery. In a time when women stand in the gap and they hold the line and they become the rocks of their families. And we see them as rocks in their companies and they become rocks of their nation sometimes. In, in, in the time when we see women in these types of ways, I must admit it sounds a little tone deaf. To talk about them being weaker. This is where women say amen. And rightfully so. But, but once again we, we have to go back to what we've been talking about. And we have to understand that these words of the spirit 
are not being said and not supporting some false notion out there of women being the weaker sex. It is not speaking of women in terms to denigrate their their character or their intelligence or their stamina. It, it has nothing to do with it. It's just a simple recognition or a general recognition of frame, of strength according to muscular criterion. You see, the point here is not to slap a label of weakness on women. Listen, follow me. The point here is to charge husbands not to treat their wives as inferior. That's what the point is. It's to tell husbands that God demands that we are never to physically or verbally or emotionally marginalize or disrespect our wives. Never. Instead, we must honor them as equal partakers in the grace of life. For understand this, that Christ died for them in order to grace them with life. He did that for them and you too, husbands. To respect that equality and that partnership that you both share in the grace of life. And then... There comes this sobering truth at the end of what he says. If we as husbands are not submissive to God, and we don't honor our wives as we should, we become the weak ones. We become the weak ones. He says because our prayers become ineffective. When he says they can be hindered, he says they become ineffective. And I think they're ineffective until we finally repent as husbands. From chapter 2, verse 13, all the way to the end here of chapter 3 in verse 7. The Spirit, the Lord, I think if I look at everything that he's been saying there about submission in every category, I think he's placing us in some very difficult, challenging, and humbling pathways. I think what he's calling us to do are things that challenge us to our very core. I think what he's calling us, all of us to do, is challenging us as we walk through this world and as we live as strangers and aliens in this world. I feel it. I know you feel it. We all feel that. I think that this calling of submission oftentimes goes against our grain and it grows, it goes against our grit. But here's what I want you to leave here knowing for sure this morning. When we as men and women walk in the ways of submission, when we all have these super terrestrial hearts shaped by God, understand this, we do not walk in this world as fools. But instead, we are walking through this world actually tracing the alien steps of Jesus our Lord. 
I hope that gives you great encouragement. Men, the message is honor God by walking in submission. Women, the message today is honor God by walking in submission to Him. And here's the great news. When we do, when we walk in the steps of Jesus, when we walk in those submissive steps that that he displayed through his life, then we're walking in steps that will lead us through a world that is not our home and will lead us to the Father and to the eternal life he promises for us. This morning, are you honoring God? Have you submitted your life to Christ? Have you put him on in baptism and begun this journey in which he washes you clean and then he starts shaping this super terrestrial heart in your lives for God? If you haven't done that, do that today while we stand and while we sing.